G E F I G A T. Oh my God. This is Cage Fight! Hello everybody and welcome to definitely episode 6 of Cage Fight. This is the 6th episode of our podcast about Nicolas Cage and this is episode number 6, which is one more than 5, one less than 7. You have listened to 5 episodes preceding this and this is the 6th one that you will listen to. My name is Gregory Aikman and I am joined by, as ever... I am Thomas Beeman of episode 6. <laughs> just episode six. Uh, part part of me is really tempted to release this one as episode like four or, or eight. <laughs> yeah, or just something. release it completely. Yeah, out of order. That would be that would be swell. I mean, it actually, if it, you released it mm. as episode four, it would be yeah. the fourth episode, fourth of July, four p.m. recording. Holy shit! That is all the fours, and we know that three fours is 12 12 yeah <laughs> <laughs> now and 12 was the number of people that signed the declaration of independence and then that it means wasn't, it was 45 sh- uh, sh- sh- uh, 12 actual people the rest of them were all aliens um and oh. then that that because of that america because america hollywood and because of hollywood National treasure. Boom. I got us there. Amazing. Now, you're welcome. Whilst Tom reclines with a massive, massive erection with the ple- with the amount of pleasure he has of getting that in, what is it we do? They know it's going to be something to do with national treasure and codes and ciphers mm. and bullshit movies. But what specifically are we doing, Tom? Tell the good people. Well, we're talking about the national treasure, America's national treasure, really like the world's national treasure. <laughs> treasure yeah. nicholas cage we this podcast is about watching some nicholas cage movies mm-hmm. back to back and talking about them and coming out with which one of them things are the cagiest so there will be a winner and also this podcast is about yeah well we we want to be good friends with nicholas cage don't we, we do like the the ultimate goal is to vanquish all other nick cage based podcasts or uh, sort of like consume them and bring them into our thing so one one podcast to rule them all to meet nicholas cage get him all involved with this particular project and just become friends possibly hold his hand skip in the uh, in a field i suppose find a woman and punch her in the face like in one of his films any woman will do mm-hmm. what else do we want to do we want to create a play which sums up pretty much all Nicolas Cage films, uh, which I think you're working on, and so far it's a sort of Christmas Carol pastiche, but sort of like Cage Cage or thing. So essentially, we yep. want to we want to create a world and then overtake that world and then fill that world with other people who agree with this worldview, but then kill them and then continue and possibly end up being God. Oh, and if we could meet Nicholas Lindhurst, we can punch punch him. But the main thing is watching films and trying to find what is the best Nicolas Cage film of all time. The bestest of the best. And that leads us to The National Treasure. Yes. Which is also this podcast. Yeah, yeah this podcast is a national treasure. Of the National Treasure films. We are watching, it is, as of 
as of time recording, mm-hmm. the fourth, the best holiday on earth. Yeah. That's when America is officially America. Yeah, when um, America was was birthed into the world, and in honor of the fourth of July, which um, is that your Independence Day? I can't remember the speech that um, not Will Smith gave on that film, but it's the fourth. Yeah, it, that is it. That is the truth, and I also don't remember. Nice. We decided the the films today we were going to do was uh, National Treasure versus National Treasure Two, right? I've watched both these. This is the first time I've ever seen them. You were excited. Really? Yeah. You were yes. very excited very that excited. we were going to watch it. And I, I went out last night with a few people. I asked each of them what they thought of the National Treasure movies. Mm-hmm. And they all got giddy with excitement about how it's wonderful in all of these ways. And it's silly and expansive and ludicrous and so much fun. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through it in excruciating detail and give thoughts and theories. And it will run off on various things. But just to put my cards on the table straight away. I've watched both of them. Fucking dog shit. <laughs> Oh, this is excellent. Okay, because <laughs> I I watched the first one, yeah. and I was like, oh, nostalgia. I'm so mm. nostalgic over this film. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is such what a great what a great ride I just took with Nicolas Cage discovering <laughs> the national treasure. I I find it to be like also cards on the table, treasure on the table. Yeah. Uh. It, I find it to be a very enjoyable popcorn film. Like it's not, it's not, it's not sending me. It's not like mentally stimulating. Mm. It's not emotionally resident. Resident. It's just like just a fun little thing to watch. And I think as I think as of what it what it is, yeah, the package that we got, that's what it was meant to be. And I, I think it fully delivered on. I think it, it that was its intention, and it delivered on that intention. I mean, what I the first thing I noticed about both films is they're both over two hours long. Yeah, yeah. No long. need. I, Absolutely yeah. no need for that. Yeah, you could. I didn't eat. know that either. I yeah. I thought I would have time to watch the second film. De- yeah. Didn't have time. I finished watching the second film about twenty minutes ago. I nice. like. I was that. They're not that. I don't under. I understand the nostalgia thing because there's tons of films. Empire Records is a big one for me. If anyone's never seen Empire Records and they watch it now as an adult, they'll probably go, "Well, this is just a boring, rubbish '90s film." I watched it at the exact age it was meant for, so it sticks with me and it's brilliant in my eyes. I mm-hmm. I understand the nostalgic love, but explain this to me because everyone sure. loves these films. I'm on my own with thinking they're boring irritating, fucking dreadful, woeful, infuriating movies. I'm on my own. Learn at me. Explain it to me. Tell me why I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Sure. Sure. So, in the first few scenes of uh, the first National National Treasure film, Hmm. it does so many things that I would consider to be stupid film shit. Yeah. Um, An example would be that uh, Nick's character, Ben Gates, digs Two inches into the snow when they when they run upon the right coordinates, mm-hmm. digs two inches into the snow and just finds the thing he exactly needed to find. 
That is fucking stupid. It's so dumb. And then the within the next like scenes, right at the start of the film here, more of dumb little things like that happen. And I feel like that's the director uh, signing to the audience of like, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what the film's going to be. Are you here for it? Are you not here for it? Well, in the first, in the opening 10 minutes, I was convinced that I'd started watching the wrong film and actually started playing The Goonies or something. (laughs) This really is a Goonies type film. Yeah, it's adults being The Goonies, right? Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's ludicrous. And it's just so, it's so like, oh, fucking, oh, America. Oh, I love you. Like spunking all up over America constantly. In a way that it it feels, I could be wrong, but it's like, is is there no self-awareness in this movie? Is there no nuance? It's all no. essentially just, America's nope. fucking brilliant. And I That's think, correct. Did Platinum Dunes have something to do with it? Were they the production company? It's like Michael Bay's production company, which would make a lot of sense. Like, um, I don't, I don't think they were, but Okay, anyways. fair enough. But yeah, and, and he finds, like, cages in the boat and like one-eyed willies there like leaning against a barrel of gunpowder and he goes huh why are you guarding that why would you leap to the assumption that the skeleton mm-hmm. i mean he's he's correct it's infuriating that he yeah. makes assumptions based on fucking no information whatsoever and he's right but yes. anyway yep sorry you you were saying it no opens, you are it, no, i think everything you just said is completely 100 percent correct and the mm. film is is basically reaching out its hand to you and saying, uh, uh, "Are you going to meet me? This is the this is the distance that I need you to go to to enjoy this film. Are you willing to meet me here?" And I I think like you have to say yes or no to that. And honestly, like it's I think if you say no, it's still like a fucking insane film to watch. It is, but then the thing is. <laughs> Like, have you seen Die Hard 4.0? Oh, which one was that? Was that Live Free or Die Hard? Um, I, no, I think it was the one before that. It was the one with the fire sale where terrorists take over America and turn off the electric. Yes, I believe that's Live Free or Die Hard. And oh, I, is I that Live Free? Yeah. I believe I that's mean, what it's called. It's very silly. It, it, I mean, at one point, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis drive, drives a taxi into a helicopter, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It, yeah. But I'm but I'm on board with that. It's the same sort of feeling behind it. Like this is going to be stupid, and if you've got any concern for logical reasoning or physics or anything like that, then get out. You're not. This isn't for you. Yeah. Right. Get the and fuck I, out of here. I really like the Fast and Furious movies as well, which are stupid, dumb, and mm-hmm. just go like, we're not here to give you a plot. We're here to give you big breasts, big muscles, sweat, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. but I'm on board with that. But for some reason, this seemed to have no humor in it either of these like it it yeah it yeah, was yeah. a po-faced serious love letter to america mm-hmm. written by someone who isn't good with words like i am being currently wrote this film and nicholas cage because when was, it was like 2006 nicholas cage was okay for money right then wasn't he yeah actually this it, it was not absolutely necessary for him i don't think at this point in time to um to like take like the uh the grudge type work that mm. he's been doing. Um, uh, but just to talk about the writers, yeah. there were three writer, three main writers t- uh, credited for this film, and all of them worked on Bad Boys. Oh, really? If you're not, if you're, are you familiar with yeah, the yeah, Bad yeah. Boys? I, 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 okay. I, 
Again, yeah. another fun film. Stupid, but fun. Yeah. All of these writers have worked on films like that, essentially. They're definitely phoning in on... This is a movie made by a committee, it feels like. It feels like they've <laughs> yes. uh, been... Yeah. They, you know, because it, it does it by numbers, but it does it with no heart whatsoever. I, I believe, like, the heart of the film is based on, like, hey, how cool is the whole Masons thing? Yeah, but it doesn't... The thing is, it heavily hinges on Freemasonry and Knights Templar mm-hmm. and all that bullshit. But it Absolutely, doesn't yeah. It doesn't go into it enough, because there's so much stupid nonsense that you could mm-hmm. enjoy and luxuriate in with all of that uh, silliness. But it just sort of mentions it doesn't allude it like it mentions it very openly but only a handful of times occasionally they go like hmm what's going on oh yeah masons that's why we're doing this yeah and like it, mm-hmm. it early doors it goes and look what's happening on a dollar bill it's like well that, just that always winds me up because all the symbolism on do- that's not a secret everyone no. like it's it's a mm, but there's like most people don't really know why those symbols are there but like, oh, okay, listeners, you know that pyramid with uh, the all-seeing eye? A, not the all-seeing eye, the eye of providence, which is a symbol associated with sort of like uh, both power and also with sort of like joy and hope and opulence and stuff like that. There's uh, there's 13 things in the pyramid because at the start when America began, there were 13 colonies. It's unfinished to show that America's an unfinished project and it's constantly going to be bettering itself and moving forward. It's fucking simple. Like it's it's really mm. wanky and silly, but but yeah. the symbolism is there. You don't need to invent symbolism, and that eye appears everywhere <laughs> because it was the same person designing all these fucking bits of iconography. That's yeah. why it's there. It's like if you read every Sherlock Holmes book and go, I think there's something to this Conan Doyle thing. He seems to have his name <laughs> on the front cover of all of them. He wrote the bastard things. <laughs> But, Absolutely, sorry. yeah. This movie takes a, like a lot of liberty uh, with um, <laughs> uh, with like all this uh, kind of American mythology. Like it's it's developing American uh, history into a mythology that it yeah. can use to spark these kind of really just nonsensical shit. Like there was this whole structure below. Was it? Were they in Boston? No, yeah. they were in like New York or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's this massive structure underneath a major city. It, mm. You can't tell me that not one fucking person didn't already know this shit was there. Yeah, exactly. Like people put like plumbing and mm. sewage underground. Yeah. They would find a massive building and. Mm. As soon as you go, ah, but conspiracy, isn't it? They're not telling. So long as you've got millions and millions of people not telling something, what's the point in that? That's no longer a secret. Like, yeah. Loads of people know my middle name, and not everyone in the world knows my middle name. It's not a secret. It's just because it's not interesting that people share it. <laughs> if it was a secret, no one would have been told it. It's very simple. Yeah. That's a terrible argument, I know. But anyway, so <laughs> the, the the plot it opens with Sean sure. Bean. Sean Bean's in it. Sean, Sean Bean, Bean, the Beanster, and he doesn't die. You know what? The, this character is also like a part of why I really like the movie. Mm. Is that yeah, yeah? I think this is a Disney movie. 
Yeah. It's currently available to stream on Disney Plus, so I assume it's a Disney movie. Yeah, so it was like a PG-13, like, made-for-families movie. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, his character isn't uh, incredibly villainous, but mm. also... I don't know, man. Like, I, I liked how I liked that. I liked that like, he was willing to do illegal stuff, but, like, he didn't shoot or kill guards. Uh, when he took the main characters hostage, like, he made sure yeah. they were safe. Like, there were little parts of that character that, well, let's be honest. Like, he didn't have a lot of dialogue. There was no explanation of his no. motives other than greed. Like, it, it wasn't a deep character, but it was least interesting because of that. All he did was perpetually turn up a couple of minutes too late and go, Why I oughta? Until <laughs> yeah. the needless yeah. conflict at the start of the third act. Like, that's and to all move his... the plot along? Yeah. Yeah. He's a plot I mean, device. I know you need these in films and they happen over and over, but it seems a, a gratuitous waste of Scene Bean or Sean Bourne or whatever you want to call so, it. So, speaking of him not dying... Yeah. Um... There was a part in the movie, like, this infrastructure under a major city we talked about where one of his goons kind of, like, falls down mm-hmm. to the hole. Do you remember? Yeah, so, like, I remember it well. I think if you line that up, like, shot for shot with the um, 007 movie he was in, yeah. it was, like, the same way he died in that film. I hope that that actor's got a, a thing, and in every movie he's contractually obliged to die in that exact way. Mm, yeah that, that's so what i'm gunning for but like the the basic right the 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 big marquee plot of the film is in order to save the declaration of independence from being stolen nick cage will steal the declaration of independence and on yep. the and then piss some fucking vinegar and lemon on the back of it and go oh what do you know it says oh them golden them that are hills and then they go get treasure, and everyone's happy. Along the way, the only qualified person they meet is a woman who they're just ceaselessly sexist to throughout the whole film. Oh my god, yes. God, that was so fucking annoying. It's inf- And the annoying thing is that because there's, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any heart or humor in the film at all, it's just men being unpleasant to a woman. It's no, there's, yeah. no, it, there's no knowing wink. There's no tongue-in-cheek going on. Or if there is, it's portrayed incredibly badly. Yeah. So She's just, made to be so horny for him like from the start. She's as horny for Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage is horny for America. Which is very, oh very God, horny. That's quite erect. That is quite erect. This film, I've never seen a film which is more gay for America. Never. Never. Oh this, my God, so true. This film just wanted to... I mean, it was gaping for America. <laughs> it was ready to just gobble America. It, it was, yeah. It, it was. And what on, better film to watch like on, on the 4th, you know? On, oh, I thought you were going to say everyone, on, a, on a date night. <laughs> when everyone's so fucking horny. When everyone's ready to bottom for America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Cage was bottoming for America so much. And, uh, like, it's it, it's a fucking shit movie. And then, like, when yeah. he's trying to steal the declaration, it goes all Ocean's Eleven for a bit. But it's rubbish. Looks like it's going to be exciting. But they go like, oh, this is a bit exciting. We'll make sure we deal with this in about five minutes. Nice. And, and then they go like, oh, here's a quick switcheroo, which we won't earn. 
When it's sort of like, he stole the Declaration of Independence. No, don't worry. He only stole this uh, one that I got from the shop. It's like, oh, are you going to show us you doing that? No, you're not. You're going to allude to it, but not actually show it. It's annoying as all hell. Nice. I do hate, mm. I like, actually fucking hate the fact that, the f- like, at the beginning of the film, the point of contention between... Ben and Sean Bean's character was like, oh, we'll just steal it, you know, and then yeah. we'll return it. And then suddenly uh, Nick Cage's character is like, oh, uh, no, I can't let you do that. That's fucking bullshit. That's so stupid. Why? Hmm. Why would you do this? This leads to an explosions happening and they getting away. And then like literally immediately he's like, well, I guess we'll just steal it, I suppose. Yeah. I, I mean, all the like, why couldn't you arrive to that conclusion Beforehand, there would be no movie if he would just made the same decision he made much earlier in the film. There would be a movie. It would be a better movie because all that needed to happen was like, we need to steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm not sure we should. All right. Well, we're mates and partners and we've worked together for years. Should we sit down and have a chat about it for half an hour? And then we'll work out the best way forward. But no, Sean Bean immediately went, oh, I'm going to turn heel on a fucking dime. And Nick Cage just went, oh, well, all of a sudden I need someone to root for me so I can't be this money-hungry millionaire. I have to all of a sudden be someone who's willing to do the exact same thing for the right reason. It's fucking stupid. It's all Um, about doing the same thing, but for America. Yeah, for America. That's what, And occasionally he gets all glassy-eyed when he looks into middle distance and going sort of like, well, that's what I think about my country. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Say America again, you dirty bitch. Like, it's, <laughs> it's fucking ludicrous. And and Riley, you, who, who it took me about an hour and a half into the movie to go, oh, is he the comic relief? Right. <laughs> the least funny comic relief, just the younger guy who walks around going, I don't know anything about history. And Nicolas Cage goes, here's the thing about history. And he goes, ah, now I know that. That's his role throughout the yeah. whole fucking thing. And yeah. then out of nowhere, just go, oh, by the way, I'm a tech expert. Oh, are you now? Well, that's fucking handy. But he, what does he do? He does something which annoys me. Uh, I just wrote down <laughs> Riley as a prick. That's not a useful <laughs> note, Greg. Um, uh, Don't know. No, it's, it's gone. Where is it? What did he do? Oh, he Fuck puts yeah. on a British accent occasionally. Oh, Three he times. does. Three times he says, like, well, hello. In a British way. For no reason, as if they're setting that up for... Because later on, in the second movie, he does the same thing, but whilst they're in Britain. So it seems at least kind of relevant. I got got to tell you, like, I I didn't notice that at all. Three times. Three times he did it. Holy shit, that really, like, went over me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Harvey Keitel's in it. Oh, gross. How's Harvey Keitel allowed in it? Like, because he's a respectable actor. I don't like if if it comes out that he's done this, that, or the other, and I haven't been paying up paying attention to news. Apologies, I didn't know. But as far as I I currently am aware, he's just an actor who's done things, and he's not problematic. But he's a respected mm. actor, and he's in this fucking piece of shit. In the second one, fucking Helen Mirren's in it. Yeah, yep, Helen Mirren. Yep, that's right. Uh, wow holy shit yeah i i i don't know uh what to tell you other than that like holy shit like you you will never feel more patriotic 
as an American than watching these films. When because Nicolas Cage just when Nicolas Cage just keeps of like, hey, you're not very good at bargaining. The Declaration of Independence is not a bargaining chip. Yeah, not to me. Not to but, me. Yeah, because he's yeah, all dude. American. Yeah, dick. Dude. Fucking ludicrous, right? With like, mm. what? What am I missing? Other than nostalgia and watching it when you're the perfect age and that, what am I missing? Um. You're, you, yeah, those are the, the two key points. Are maybe you just need to be like fond of history or something like that. I'm sure but, like historians are like really horny about this movie, even though but, that it's like extremely incorrect. Yeah, because that just like because I am fond of history, which is another reason I fucking hate this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So is is it like the mistakes that the, the film is making that really like takes you out of it? The mist- what takes me out of it is um, the lack of a sense of fun with the movie. Oh, I, okay. That's my that's that's the sticking point. I, I feel like the f- the film is having the most fun with America. I think I like to. Th- I imagine in the writing room they were having the most fun, but for some reason, and it could just be me. Like maybe I was a bit grumpy when I was watching it or something like that. But it just appears that. Everyone involved in it seems to be taking it too seriously, but equally not putting in any effort. Like, in the first Mm. one, in uh, National Treasure 1, Nicolas Cage hardly cages at all. He's just wandering Mm -hmm. around just being a really mediocre actor. All of the people around him, including some very strong actors, are phoning it in like a bastard. No one's putting any effort in. It just seems like, oh, fucking, here's a set piece. Is it good? It's a yeah. set piece. What more do you want? Yeah, like, that really, that is very true. Like, there's not any, like, very strong acting. There's just people who are famous yeah. and doing a thing on screen. Like, the the movie is really just about, like, the action and the mystery and, like, the treasure. That's really it. There's no... There's no character progression in the main character at all because he starts the film wanting treasure, wanting to find it, and he ends the film having found it. Like, there's. Yeah. He has made no progress as an individual. No, and like the uh, woman, Dr. Whatever her name is, Dr. Woman, right? She starts by not liking him because he treats her like shit, and she ends by liking him even though he didn't change the way he treated her, no respect was built between them. That, yeah. It, it's like the her least whole, earned. Everything that happens to her is super problematic because, like, they go to visit this woman mm. who, you know, was just trying to live her fucking life. Yeah. And he gives her a gift and then he kidnaps her and mm-hmm. then he, yeah. he gets all America at her and it, it just feels like really... It feels feels really gross and grimy, and also he negs her. He negs her like in the film, like, oh, yeah. she never shuts up. Like that that that's a constant. By the way, that's a through line joke yep. of the film is that she doesn't shut up. She doesn't like, shut up when she's complaining about being kidnapped, and yeah. she doesn't shut up when she's complaining about being treated atrociously. But then for mm-hmm. some reason they go, wow, boy and girl, they're gonna kiss at the end for no reason. Yeah. For, like, it's yep. the least earned sort of like romantic because when a- you absolutely yep when you go here are the two leads and they don't like each other you you know they're going to end up together at the end of the film but usually 
no matter how much you enjoy it or get bored by it or whatever, but you can see the film just goes, well, here you go. Here's putting them in a situation where they come together. You watch them come together. You watch them change their mind. You watch the respect grow. Now they do a kiss. It's like, fair enough. Sometimes it's done well. Sometimes it's done poorly, whatever. But in this one, it just went like, oh, fuck, we haven't got him uh, a lady for the end. What about that one there? Screw it. She'll have to do. It, yeah, basically. It, it's mental. The film even points it out that, like, hey, you got the lady at the end. Did they yeah. fucking kiss? It, Maybe that's it, why they're divorced in the second film. Yeah, they are. Okay, well, let's just run straight on. The one good thing I'll say for the second film is it picks up nicely from mm-hmm. the first. Yeah, and, it does. And I genuinely thought it was going to be a really, really well-put-together film. It started in a way that I thought might have been strong, but no, just bullshit. Because when the the premise of the second one is Nicolas Cage finds out that his ancestor, his great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather or whatever, uh, had a hand in assassinating your President Lincoln, right? Uh, yeah. And he goes, oh, this is horrible. Uh, I'm going to try and prove his innocence. And I was thinking, like, well, the first one was like, oh, fucking come here, America. Oh, yeah, take it. I thought the second movie might be, if you really love something, you need to learn to um, accept all of its faults. And it yeah. may it may be whatever you want it to be now. Like, here's but- the grimy part of, like, this yes. history that you love so much, and now you need to, like, face those so I thought he was going to do that, but no, it ended up that he managed to clear his ancestor's name, uh, yeah. in the, which did feel like, is Nicolas Cage actually America in this movie? And is he just going, people say bad things about my past, but it's all lies, I tell you. Like, it, yeah, it, I mean, given the fact that even his hair is eagle-esque, like, yes, he could yes. be made to be the representation of America. It's... it's it's, I mean, I'm happy with Cage being America, but mm-hmm. it it just seems weird because uh, this one it takes an hour into the film he decides he's going to kidnap the president because to keep the president safe from me. Yeah, kidnapped. because every film you have to steal or kidnap a major American like staple. Yeah, and then they and then they even. They add a bit of history. They rewrite a little bit of history to essentially yada yada mm-hmm. over some yeah. horrific American thing. Where they go, yep. like, actually, the Mount Rushmore. They didn't do that in a massive fuck you to the Native Americans. They didn't take this really valuable and uh, sort of spiritually and culturally important mountain and absolutely devastate it because they didn't give a fuck about these people. It was mm. to change it so it didn't look. Uh, so obvious as uh, so people didn't know it was where the city of gold was hidden they were actually doing it to preserve for the native americans all of their stuff that's really important Mm. to them which Mm. that just seems it's like if anyone goes well actually kevin spacey is just really friendly with people he works for Mm. like (laughs) Right, yeah. And, you know, it's say a, what you want about Louis C.K., but he did give them those promotions. Like, God. this is what the film's doing to American history, which I think is just, particularly particularly at the moment, it's, yeah. it, it just seems like it's it's dull and it's annoying. And I believe it, these movies are shown in in classes. Really? I hope yeah. so. I 
I like the idea that people watch this and go, oh, I never, I never knew that. I did learn that every woman is horrible. That's what the second film taught me as well. And yes. at the end, they allude to the real ultimate puzzle in life being women. Goddamn women. Yeah. That's, oh, oh, you're a tricky, complex puzzle, these women. But, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't remember much about the second film other than uh, Ed Harris was, like, pretty fucking tight. He's, like, yeah. a great actor. Ed, Ed Harris pretty much carried this movie, to be honest. Because yeah. he's the one who seems like goody, then he's a baddie, ends up being redeemed, and he's the goody at the end and saves everyone's life. Because Ed Harris's ancestor was John Wilkes Booth. Yes, yes. That, so which like, was... Yeah, oh, that's fucking hilarious, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, that is great. The idea of John Wilkes Booth's great-great-grandson wants to do something dramatic and positive to, to so his family name is remembered yeah, for something other than that. Like, yeah, this this movie's also super horny about family names, just in general. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really horny for America and really horny for family. This is this a sort of like incesty film? Incesty, interesting. Okay, why why would you say that? Yeah, because it's a very sexual film. Because the way it mm. talks and feels about America is clearly sexual love rather than uh, any other type of love. Mm-hmm purely and, sexual attraction and it mirrors those feelings for ancestry and for the power of a name and for legacy and heritage and stuff like that mm. which essentially is they want to have sex with their family yeah they're yes because when then you tie that into like the perspective and the caricature of women in the film, yeah, like, it, it takes on this the, this kind of like mother loving, yep, tinge that is like, yeah, that, that's the, like the core of a lot of problems in America today. Which is like, man, gotta love women, but man, gotta fucking hate them. Particularly as Nick Cage's girlfriend, who starts the film, they've split up because mm-hmm. he's controlling. And then at the end of the film... And they she's get... doing so good without him, by the way. So good. At yeah. the end of the film, they get back together because she learns to put up with him being controlling. But she's obviously very similar to his mother, which yep. is, again, he wants yep. to sex his mum right up, which yes. is is fair enough if your mum is Helen Mirren, but... Oh, it, my God. Yeah. But it's still sort of a, a, bit, <laughs> a bit weird. And then... So it's... All, and because the like emotions are similar to this to when they're talking about America, it's almost like America. It's this big Oedipal thing where America's like yep. the mum you want to fuck. Yeah. It's very Oedipus throughout. It's yeah, the absolutely. Only woman you don't want to neg and control, or the only woman you feel like you can't control as a powerful American man, is your mum. And your country, and your country is like your mother keeping you safe and warm, but you'd really like to have a go on her. But you want to have, you want freedom. Yeah, you you want freedom to sex your mum in a flag. I think we did it. That's why I don't like, that's, 
That's why I don't. Oh, and there's a book of secrets, which is like the secret book that all presidents have, which which holds everything. It's silly. And they do the but, thing like, look at page 47. Okay, I looked at it. What did you think of page 47? Fucking belter, mate. It was absolutely life-changing. But they didn't yeah. say anything about what was on page 47, because obviously they're teeing I kinda, up a third film. I, I liked that I liked that bit. I, but two things about this film really quickly yeah. that I enjoyed. Uh, one, a lot of people I knew at the time this movie came out had no idea uh, that uh, French france awarded us like gave us the statue of liberty really and that there was a there was a version of that statue in mm. france like people have no idea too uh the desk the president's desk yeah like the whole puzzle involved with that i fucking love that shit i mean that that was fun but but i don't want to sit down for two hours and watch someone do a puzzle room like <laughs> i kind of do <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm sorry to say but that was that i mean that the whole ending of the film when they discover all the things in in mount rushmore yeah um was very enjoyable but the whole debt like please put give me a desk that just has some sort of mystery to it i'm i'm all in i mean if you've got the money then you can get people to genuinely commission those sorts of desks we have a new objective yeah, we need to get podcast. one of these desks. We need, I need to get you. I need this. I need this podcast to make enough money so I can afford one of those desks. And or if anyone's listening, um, that would be handy. But if one of the people who's listening does make puzzle boxes, um, not like Hellraiser puzzle boxes, but like just puzzle puzzles, right? If you can knock up like a resolute desk for Tom. That is also a puzzle box. That would be brilliant. Like, surely- I mean, we can we can really we can connect this in a sense that in order to solve pieces of the puzzle of the desk, you need to know things about Nicolas Cage films. Yes, and that's how we connect it. There we go. So there's going to be shitloads of combinations and things that you have to twist and turn a certain number of things, which are like I don't know how many weeks he spent on a particular film or how many stars collectively did con air get stuff stuff like that or whatever but mm. yeah we can bring this all together oh i'm really excited about you getting your uh, cage resolute desk now but <laughs> cage I, resolute desk <laughs> there's i think it's a shame that people didn't know that the statue of liberty was like french you know school over here? Yeah, unfortunately, what's, I know school over here. What's that like? Like, what what do you do in American history? Do you just look at the flag and go, ain't she beauty? It was... It wasn't until high school mm. that I was told about how American troops, like, slaughtered generations worth of Native Americans. Really? My our vision of it was that like everyone got along. Wow! Yeah, just, Thanksgiving happened. Everything was great. We, I, like there was some smallpox shenanigans, and that was a big oopsie. But other than that, everything was solid. Because I I understand like there's a lot of harrowing information, and you want to teach it. it. You you change the way you teach it to be age appropriate, but you don't change the information. <laughs> like yeah. Sure. absolutely so that's and then you just take that 
single concept and proliferate it throughout all other subjects, nah, not fair. just history. And oh, fair enough. That's the uh, that's the education system, at least that I had to deal with living in the South. Well, that well, that's a shame. <laughs> that is a shame. Yeah. But no, it's it's fucking awesome, dude. So, do people watch National Treasure as a work of like historical importance? People, that's aren't... interesting. I I think that most people these days know that the movies are bad. Like like you you asked a bunch of people. Hmm. Uh, and they were excited about the films. And I think that they know what these films are and enjoy them because they are so dumb and so yeah. um, so horny for America. And there's something about, like, like um, America World Police and films like that that, I, I don't know, it, it's almost its own subgenre mm. uh, where we, we take these, like, patriotic ideas turn them up to 11 and then like make a story out of it and it's something that like i don't know like i just i love that shit it's like it i every so often there is a tendency to take a firearm and shoot it into the air like <laughs> just empty the clip do you get what i'm saying I, well maybe I, you don't I, un- I understand what you say i can't relate to it but i understand what every you're every so often i want to throw some tea into a fucking ocean dude I understand that America needs to America, and I get mm-hmm. the idea that because it's yeah. it's such a cliche and such a meme and stuff that there are excessively patriotic people in this country, like more yeah. so than um, more so than any other democracy. But you're up there with like North Korea and stuff like stuff like that with the um, patriotism and attitudes towards it. But when films like this are around, my first instinct is always to assume that there's some irony, or at the least there's some sarcasm, or like just a snarl there. But it just makes me feel a bit bewildered. Not uncomfortable at all, just bewildered, because I think this mm. film meant it. Like, I think when it's like they're looking all mm. starry-eyed and going like, but I think the most beautiful woman is America. While he's getting like a gob job from an eagle and stuff. Like, it... Yeah. It feels like I, it means it, which I find I quite think, bizarre. I think it absolutely does. And I I think what it comes down to is that I, absolutely there are some terrible things that America has done, is doing, and probably will do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's some fucking sick-ass shit in here. And this country is fucking sick as fuck. Like, we are the sickest fucking dope people Come at me, bro, uh, on the earth. Like, you know, it's dumb to fucking say, obviously, but, like, I do love living here. Yeah. And I think the film doesn't... I I think the film means it... I think the film really enjoys America in a way that probably isn't wholly ironic. Mm. I think when they say stuff like, like, that really corny shit and reminisce, like, it's that feels like it's highly ironic. But then there's parts of it where... Where, like you said, like oh, America's the hottest bitch in the face, yeah. And America like, is the hottest bitch in the face. You're right, hottest bitch in the face, dude. And like that's, I think a lot of people resonate with that idea of like, man, this sucks and it's stupid. But yeah, like we we've done some bitching stuff, and this is films is kind of like a celebration of like the little things that were actually good, mm. like that happened in the past. 
which a lot of terrible things did, and we did a lot of terrible things to get where we are. Oh, yeah, but yeah, But, like, yeah. we did some fucking cool-ass shit, too, so... It's kind of like, let's look at that side of America for a little bit. And let's, uh, let's like, be warm to it and not necessarily appreciate it, but, like, kind of revel in it a little bit. I, I get that. Just for, the, just for four hours, let's yeah. do that. And I have something to tell you about the future of National Treasure. What do you mean future? Why is there a future? Go on, tell me. Tell me why there there's a fucking future. A future. For National Treasure. This isn't the National Treasure. That's not the last one, dude. What? Yes, that's correct. Currently filming is a National Treasure TV series. Oh, my God. Let me give you a little breakdown of National Treasure, the TV series. Hispanic Latina American lead character named Mm -hmm. Jess Morales, who is a 21-year-old dreamer sets off on an exploration to discover the mystery of her family history and with the help of her friends seek to recover historical lost treasure. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That is, is Cage going to be associated? Is he like EP there, or something? So uh, the Riley is a character credited in the, in the making of this. Mm. He's a, one of the returning characters. <sighs> So far, the, uh, none of the other ones. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no but... Nicholas Cage. Yeah, it seems like they're taking the like this concept of national treasure and like actually like ad- identifying like some of the more problematic issues with it, and maybe they're going to explore that within the t- TV series, and that could be very interesting. That sounds like a tremendous amount of fun, and they're filming that at the moment. It's currently filming season oh, one. Mate, can we get bit parts in it? Oh, do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. Surely, surely Cage, when we become friends with him, will like he can swing some stuff for us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that little, the the little kid with glasses who talks about music on TikTok. He's in the second Terrifier movie, so if he can do it, I reckon we can be bit parts in the Nicholas. <laughs> that kid's got a fucking chance. Yeah, we've got a chance. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, that kid would be lovely if I could remember his name. But, uh, I mean, he's, he seems absolutely adorable and charming, and best of luck to him. I wish him nothing but, like, uh, success in his life. But if it's him or us in National Treasure, the TV series. Yeah, the bitch is going down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, these two films, right, which, like, compared to one another, I know it's, it's weird comparing films that are part of the same franchise, mm-hmm. but we're gonna. Like... Where where do you start? Are you gonna go sort of like the first one? Obviously wins because uh, you know it's the one that you're most keenly associated with the nostalgia and that time in your life and that. Or are you gonna go the second one is better because Ed Harris beats Sean Bean in terms of uh, sort of an adversary? Or honestly, I I do believe that the second movie is probably the better of the two. Yeah, I'm I'm very very confident that I mean I think both of them are dog shit and should mm. be thrown in the fucking ocean. Out of those two, I think the second one went. You've got Helen Mirren, you've got Ed Harris, you've got Cage being a bit more Cage. Like there's the scene in Buckingham Palace where he has to do a fake argument with his. Uh, That's girlfriend. right. Yeah. So he gets he gets to come out of the cage and releases cage which in the first film he doesn't do any cage or at least none of the cage that we want to see very small amount of cage yeah 
I reckon, yeah, National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, is is definitely my winner. What do you reckon? I have to agree. Well, I mean, controversial perhaps to some of you listening that uh, the sequel to National Treasure beats the original National Treasure. None of this is to be confused with saying they're good films. They're not. And there have been some wonderful films that we've enjoyed to talk about. I just... These films were so unenjoyed. They made me angry. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I got angry. I enjoy talking about them. It's always much more fun to talk about something you don't like than talk about something you like. There's, Absolutely, there's... yeah. Now you know how I feel about Dog Eat Dog. <laughs> well, I have some unfortunate news for you. Uh, yeah. And if this is too uh, personal, please edit this next part out. Okay. But in order to become a U.S. citizen... You have to love these movies, and I'm sorry, but you, you failed the test. Oh shit! Oh yeah, shit! You won't, you won't, you won't be coming back, sir. You're on the list. Well, everyone, we have our winner: National Treasure Two, the The Empire Strikes Back was was our winner for today. It the will declaration be... hits again. Yeah. The, so God bless the Declaration of Independence. God bless president uh who got kidnapped but it was okay and god bless the freemasons and uh the knights templar you know all those things that kind of existed but not nearly in the exciting way that films want you to believe all right man i i'm i'm sorry about you not getting to be a citizenship but (laughs) in lieu of that where can we find you at if you go gregoryakeman.org, you've got everything there. And uh, get on board and listen to the Better Bible podcast, which is going from strength to strength and is being released fortnightly. Go on to iTunes. Well, listen to it wherever you listen to it. But if you listen to it on iTunes, give it some sort of review and share it and a star rating and all that shit because it's great for optics and it's great for engagement because wouldn't it be wonderful uh dear listeners if i get to the end of this project and then look at my scripts and realize that i literally have rewritten the entire bible then i can release that and i don't think you need to pay copyright to god so i should be all good yeah go gregoryakman.org it's all there get involved with everything that you can and tom where can people see you what can they do uh, you can find me uh, thoughts and flight on Twitter. There we go. I finally did it. That's my Twitter handle. Wow. Everything. Yeah, I just that's the national treasure. You guys got to the end, and you put all the pieces <laughs> together, and you found the the name. I'm thoughts and flight. Pretty much fucking everywhere. You can search that. You'll find me. Amazing. And uh, to all the other Nicolas Cage podcasts, I know we haven't mentioned you much this time, but we will next time and we've got some treats in store for you. So sleep tight, people. We'll see you again soon. No one talks like that anymore. (laughs) What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?